Welcome to the IY Podcast. Each week we will post the great messages that are preached at our Friday night services. So if you missed it or you just want to listen back again, this is the place for you. My name's Jonah, by the way. I'm not just some podcast robot to do the intro. But anyways, that's enough from me. Let's get into it. Awesome. Well, I'm going to get stuck into it. So, in Romans 8, 15 to 17, which Matt read out last week, if you've got your Bibles, make sure you're there. This is in the New Living Translation. It says, So, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now, we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. You know, I also really love the way that the Passion Translation says this first bit in verse 15. It says, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. How awesome is that? The full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. We are totally accepted into the family of God. Whether you believe that or not, you are. And I was actually chatting with someone after youth last week who just wasn't really feeling that level of acceptance But I just want to say this from the get-go, that no matter how you feel, you are accepted. No matter what you've done, you are accepted into God's family. Even if you keep stuffing it up, because I do too, no one is perfect, right? It is, it's only just a matter of coming back to God and saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm just going to own my mistakes because I didn't get it right today. But it doesn't change your level of acceptance into God's family, yeah? So, tonight I want to talk to you about family culture. Hmm, weird. But every family has a culture. I don't know what your family's like, uh, whether they're like the quiet and reserved type or whether your family um, eats like takeout every night for dinner. But, you know, my family, and not like me and Matt and Ivor, I mean, I love them, but the family that I come from, so like my parents and my brothers, We, yeah, represent, we are unashamedly the Marvel movie, board game, crazy, talk about farts at the dinner table kind of family, right? Unashamedly, heck yeah, that's right. Where are you up to in Marvel movies? Because we just watched Thor The Dark World, yeah. Beating you, ha ha. Anyway, yeah, look, this is like a little rivalry we have going on. Um, So when I I first started dating Matt, mum would actually get so like, like weird about how we acted at the dinner table. She'd be like, no, like Matt's coming over. Like we've got to pretend to be normal and like, you know. And I'm like, no, but it's actually true, right? She's like, no, Asha, don't talk about farts at the dinner table. I'm like, mom, it's, he's a boy. Like as if he doesn't want to talk about farts. Like, oh, but then like, oh, anyway, I won't do that because I'm not going to embarrass mom like that. Anyway, um, you know, to be honest with you, I cannot even tell you 
I mean, I could, but at the same time, I can't. I can't tell you why I love watching Marvel movies, apart from the fact that they're flipping awesome. But I can't tell you, like, why that's just ingrained in me or why, you know, I'm the person always at the dinner table with my other brother, Harry, and we just, like, look at each other and we just, like, have laughing fits and we are the ones that just can't stop laughing. I can't tell you why I love playing board games, again, apart from the fact that they're really awesome, but I just... Like, it just happens. It just it just is. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not, like, I know that, yeah, board games are great. Marvel's great. But, like, why don't you like Marvel? Yeah, right? Because maybe you don't think it's as great as me. Why do I think it's great? I don't know. I just do. You know? It just is. It's just who I am. And it's who my family is. It's the culture of my family. Because when you spend time in the family long enough, you actually begin to pick up the culture and the values of that family. It's not about something that you do. It's not really like an action. It's just about who you become when you're, when you're a part of the family, right? So now Matt is the one that sits there and goes, hey, do you want to watch a Marvel movie tonight? And I'm like, yes. Oh, so good. But I want to give you another illustration, right? So Matt, Matt and I got married. We dated for a little while and, and then we got married and he became a part of our family. Um, so I just want to preface this by saying I love you very much just the way that you are. <laughs> this is payback for not wanting to be with cute Ivo last week, okay? Um, <laughs> no. You know, Matt joined our family. We got married. And our family is like one of those families that's like super against chewing with your mouth open. Like, like if you are chewing with your mouth open, I'm sorry, but I just internally get so angry at you. Like, I just, I don't, I'm not trying to, but I just, if you're there and I'm looking, I just like kind of want to punch you in the face. So, look, okay, I... I know, it's, it's probably, I need prayer for this. But, you know, but Matt came from a family where they didn't really care. So he came into our family and chewed with his mouth open. Whoa, oh my goodness. <laughs> I love you just the way that you are. Um, but it doesn't mean that I don't get angry at you, truth. No, I'm joking. Um... You know, it's the culture of our family. We don't really like chewing with our mouths open. And over time, Matt learned this through um, either someone saying something or just noticing that no one else does it. Um, or my mum just doing like the subtle hint of like, I'm going to put some chewing music on. <laughs> Every time it's like, oh, if someone's chewing really loudly or eating something that was like crunchy, so like, I'm just going to put some chewing music on. It's like, yeah, so anyway. <laughs> That's my mum. It's great. But, you know, at first, when Matt joined our family, it was something that he had to, like, kind of consciously think about and kind of go, oh, okay, they don't like me chewing my mouth open or I'm not going to chew with my mouth open. But now it's kind of just second nature most of the time. He doesn't really chew with his mouth open anymore, apart from this week because he's had an ulcer and it's been hurting him. So I'll forgive that one. <laughs> it's really, it is really bad. It's not nice. Now, don't get me wrong, 
he he didn't do this. Like he didn't make the decision to not chew with his mouth open because he wanted to feel accepted. I don't think. Did you did you feel not accepted? Uh, but see, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He didn't do this to feel accepted. And even if he did do it to feel accepted, the fact was is that he already was accepted. We were already married. Like the deal was already done. And so it wasn't like, you know, he had to prove himself anymore. I'm being dead set serious. He was already accepted. And, you know, it just becomes when you hang around a certain culture, you start becoming like them. And what they value, you start to value. How they live, you start to live. And, you know, how, how they live leaves an impression on you. And I could say the opposite um, impression happened in my life when I was in school. And I started hanging around just the wrong people <laughs> who swore and they watched movies that were just like horrible. And they didn't care about their schoolwork. And like, honestly, I started becoming that person. I didn't just wake up one morning and go, I'm going to swear today. That was not the thought that ran through my mind. I can tell you that. I just, it just happened because I was hanging around the people and what they did, I started to do. The culture that they lived was how I started to live. What they valued, I started to value, which was like horribly scary movies. And I had nightmares for like I still have nightmares. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't. So in Romans 8, verse 5 to 9, it says this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It doesn't like God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Whoa. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. That's good news. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And I can say that for myself, and I know that a lot of you here can say that for you as well, is that the Spirit of God is influencing me and it's influencing the way that I'm living my life. I don't want to be influenced by my sinful nature. So if we are a part of God's family, if we're adopted into God's family and we're heirs to his kingdom, his glory, what is the culture of God's family? It's one thing for my family to like Marvel movies and hate chewing with your mouth open, but what's the culture of God's family? What are the things that set us apart from the rest of the people? What are the things that God values in his sons and daughters? How should someone who is a part of God's family, act differently to someone who isn't yet a part of God's family? Good question, right? How do I act? In Matthew 5, verse 3 to 12, now there's a lot of verses here, but I want you to stay with me, so I'm going to explain them. But this is what God values. It says this, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. 
God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Wow. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. I want to give you a picture of what this actually means because some of it is a little bit vague and is a little bit confusing about how it actually fully relates to me and my life. So we're going to unpack this a little bit more over this whole term and also dive into some of these specific areas as well. So I just want to give you a brief overview. In verse 3, it says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. And in verse 5, it talks says, God blesses those who are humble. So obviously... God values humility. He values me not always trying to get my own way. He values me lifting and building up other people and also allowing God control in every area of my life. In verse 4, it talks about how God blesses those who mourn. Well, this can be interpreted in different ways, but God values brokenness. He wants us to understand our emotions and how to process them in a healthy and godly way. The way we deal with horrible events and the bad things that happen to us in our life, if we refuse to be broken or mourn about those things, how can we receive God's comfort? And as heirs of the kingdom of God, we need to be aware that our current life The life that we live on earth is filled with sin and sadness in the world. We don't have to need to ignore the reality of that life, but actually accept it and be a little bit sad about it because it's not great. In in verse 7, it talks about God blesses those who are merciful. God values mercy. Followers of Jesus should always default to mercy, giving people second chances, always believing the best about others. In verse 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure. God blesses purity, but only us and God can see our heart and how truly pure it is. And a good judge on where our purity of heart is, is the internal reactions that happen inside of us. You know, we talked last term about higher thoughts and, and actually living in a way that is higher and thinking in a way that's higher. You know, when my heart has judgment towards someone who does something wrong or doesn't get it right, you know, that's, that's a good measure on where my heart's at. In verse 9, God blesses those who work for peace. Forgiveness. God values forgiveness. Not defaulting to complaining and conflict and tearing down others. Not getting offended at every little thing. But actually extending forgiveness is a work of peace for myself and also for other people as well. And then finally, it says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. You know, this really is hard, but it's saying, I'm not going to worry or care about what other people think or say about me. My life isn't aimed at being accepted by others. It only matters that I'm accepted into God's family. You know, when we act in these different ways, This proves that we are a part of God's family. 
You know, we're not going to get it right all the time. We're not going to be perfect all the time because like Matt talked about last week, we are that dull image of God and we're just trying to get better and better and better one step at a time. But the enemy doesn't want that to happen. And so he's going to throw things our way. They're going to try and stop us from doing that. And that's why sometimes people hurt us, people judge us, people let us down. That's That's the enemy's work because he doesn't want us becoming more and more like God. But I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but I want to be different. I want to look and act differently. I want to be an example of God's family culture. I don't want to just cave in and let other people have power and influence over me. I want to be influenced only by God and his word. And I want to touch on just one of these aspects tonight. And that's the one in verse four. And it says, God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. You know, this verse can be interpreted in many different ways because a lot of people mourn and are sad for lots of different things. And it applies in all those ways. But I wanna just focus on a little bit of a different aspect of it and say that God doesn't want us to be happy about the state that our world is in. God doesn't want me to ignore the fact that I see people every day who don't know Jesus. God doesn't want me to walk past my friends from school and not make an impact on their lives. God doesn't want me to fill my life with my own pleasures just to distract me from the difference that I could make in the world. God doesn't want me coming to youth and church every single week only caring about myself when there are so many other people that need Jesus, so many other people that I could bring into this place and I could introduce them to Jesus. But God wants us to be broken enough by the state of the world to do something about it. Not just to sit here in sadness and go, oh God, we pray for the world. You know, yes, that as well, but... God wants us to actually do something about it, to take a stand, to make a change and to be different, to act different. Because when we can act like Jesus, we are showing the world God's family culture. And this shows something to people around us. When people are gossiping about someone, well, I'm the one that's merciful. I'm the one that's giving people a second chance. When someone's holding a grudge, well, I'm the person that forgives. I'm the one that just goes, you know what? I forgive you. When people are just all interested in getting their own way, well, sure, go for it because I lift other people up. When other people are speaking hate, I'm the one that's speaking love and life. When people are judgmental and they're judging other people, well, no, I'm the person that's believing the best in another person. When people are speaking unkind words about me, well, no, I'm actually going to ask God to remind me about what he says about me and how he accepts me. There's two points that I want you guys to get from my message tonight, and I'm almost done. And the first is, to make a difference, you have to be the difference, You know, when I act the same way as everyone else, I can't make a difference. They don't even notice that I'm there because I'm just one of them. When I act differently though, when I'm nicer, when I'm not biting back, when I'm not getting offended at every little thing, they 
actually notice and they think, oh, what's happened to her? Nothing gets to her anymore. I want to be like that. I want that. You know, the girls did such a great job in our missions report. But missions isn't just about sending money to the other side of the world. It is about that. And that is a very important aspect of it. And trust me, I'm going to Africa. I'm excited. It's going to be great. And I want to go and tell people on the other side of the world about Jesus because they need Jesus too. But it's also about our lives right here in our world to our people. We can make a difference, yeah? To make a difference, you have to be the difference. But to be the difference, you have to be broken. Sounds a bit weird, right? But to make a difference, I have to be the difference but I am not going to bother to be the difference if it doesn't absolutely break me that my friends aren't part of God's family, that they don't know Jesus and the amazing life that he gives. You know, it would honestly be so much easier to just go with the flow, to not be any different, to not draw attention to myself. I'll just continue going to youth every week for myself and Jesus can continue making a difference in my life but not in other people's lives. It's hard to be different, guys, to stand out and try and make a difference in my friends and my family and I'm not going to bother to be that difference until it absolutely breaks my heart that they don't know Jesus, that they aren't part of God's family, that they don't have this same life and love that I've found through Jesus. I want to ask you a question. Who showed you Jesus? Was it your parents? Was it a friend that invited you here tonight? I know for a fact that Matt and Jonah and myself and a whole lot of our volunteers, we go into your schools because we want to make a difference. We know Jesus and we know the life-transforming power that he has in our lives and we want you to know that difference as well. And that's why we go into your schools. Who invited you into God's family? Because if it weren't for them, you wouldn't be here tonight. You wouldn't know Jesus tonight. Don't you want to be that for someone else? I'll invite the team up as well if that's all right. Don't you want to be that person for someone else that introduces them to this amazing, life-changing power that Jesus has? I want to be that for someone else. I want to be that for you guys. I want to be that for the other people in your schools. I want to be that for your family. And I'm, I'm going to be that for the widows in Burundi. I'm going to introduce them to Jesus, to the person of Jesus that I know that saved my life. Don't you want to do that for someone else? Why would you have the best kept secret on earth when you could actually be the difference? You could make a difference. Yeah? Yeah? I want to do something a little bit bold tonight. And I don't know if maybe this is stirring something in your heart, but this surely did stir something in my heart. Because I even have friends in my own life that 
I have not been influencing for Jesus. I haven't been influencing them badly. I just haven't been using my influence for Jesus in, a, in their lives. And God's just been stirring this in my heart of like, you need to make a difference. You need to be the difference. And you need to get a little bit broken for these people in your life. Could everyone just bow their heads and close their eyes? Maybe tonight this is stirring something in your heart. You're saying, you know what? Yeah, that's me. I want to make a difference. But more than that, I want to be the difference. And I'm going to ask you to do something really, really bold because I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to stand up, get out of your seat and come to the front of the room. And this isn't going to be for everyone and that's totally cool. But I know that there's some people in here that say, yep, I want to be the difference. Would you come forward? And honestly, I'm standing here with you because I want to be the difference as well. I don't want to be content with me just coming to youth and coming to church and receiving something for myself and not sharing it with the other people around me. Awesome. That's a bold move, guys, because when you ask God to use you, He will. I'm going to pray for you. Would you lift your hands to heaven? Repeat after me. Say, God, use me. Father God, I thank you for everyone who has their hands lifted here. And God, I pray that you would use them in their world. God, I pray that you would use them in their friend circle. God, I pray you would use them in their schools. God, I pray you would use them in their families. God, I pray that you would give each person here a voice. God, a voice that is louder than that of the world's. God, I pray that you would give each person here courage and boldness that is stronger than that of the world's, Father God. Lord, I pray that there would be a difference in each of us. Lord, that we would be the ones that reflect the family culture of Jesus. God, that we would be the ones that make a stand, that make a change in our generation. God, that we would not be satisfied that we're going to go to heaven, but other people around us are not. God, I pray tonight that you would just break our hearts for the people around us, Lord, that don't know you, that aren't a part of your family, God. I pray that you would be able to make a difference in us so much so that we would make a difference in our world. God, I pray that you would help us to realize that we don't have to fly across to the other side of the world to make a difference, but I can make a difference right here in my family, in my school, in my friends, at my workplace, in my uni. God, I thank you that you are all powerful, that you move through everyone. And God, I know that 
but each person here with their hands raised is saying, use me, God. And Lord, I pray that you would use them. God, I pray that you would blow their expectations of the opportunities that come up for them. And God, you would use them in mighty, mighty ways. Amen.